Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to The Patient 3, where we discuss everything happening on the gridiron from sideline to sideline. I am one of your hosts, Sam, and joining to me today is Caden. We lost Xander due to a scheduling issue, but he will be back with us next week. We have a good episode for you today, where we're going to be playing a little game called Wearing the Suit as we kick off our first episode of Speculation Season, where we get a random team, we get a team picked at random for us, and we instantly become the general manager. We spin the wheel, and then instantly Sam, Caden, and then Xander next week, you are going to be the GM for that team. What are the off-season decisions that you are going to make to have your team progress into the future this off-season? But before we get into that, we have a little current events uh, segment that we like to get into called In the Now where we talk about everything happening in the football world from this past week. So, first off, Kyler Murray is still unhappy with his Arizona Cardinals situation. He said that he's being blamed for the loss against the Cardinals and refused to come in in the fourth quarter against their wildcard loss to the Rams. Ken, what do you think about that? Yeah, I think he's... Uh, him personally thinking he's being blamed, shamed, and framed... Who knows how well their relationships are going to uh, play out. The Cardinals think that their relationship's going to ease back on into it, and they'll, he'll still be the quarterback of the Cardinals for the 2022 season. I personally do agree with that. I don't think he's going anywhere anytime soon. No, I doubt it. Yeah, but that's my we'll thoughts. I think, Divas, man. I think they'll work it out. Divas. They, mm-hmm. can't, they, gotta, they, can't, they can't take the blame. And whether it is his fault or not, I don't think so. Like, there was a lot you, of... You, you just can't blame it part. on one dude every... No. Every time. No. It's a his team O-line, game. His O-line team was sport. bad. His defense was bad. They lost Buda Baker. It's like... I know. Was the play calling there? At times there was the opportunities, but... Wasn't there. Yeah, exactly. I'm not, the I, defense I don't know at times, people, too. Yeah, yeah you can't blame that give, loss. giving them Cliff Kingsbury the biggest... Like, I, I don't think Cliff Kingsbury is amazing, to be honest with you, but... We also have to chime in. Uh, you think they're going to get new uniforms this year? Oh, God. Uh, it's just that their unis are like they're not like bad it's just like they, they could need, be it's, so much better you you need that new iphone 13 upgrade you know what yep. i mean you have an iphone <laughs> yep, 7 yep. you have an iphone 7 you need that new uh iphone 13 hey don't be don't be trashing the iphone 7 i still got the home button home button <laughs> so do i um, but, <laughs> but, but i don't know the thing is you could go in so many different ways with the cardinals uniforms the arizona cardinals um, have a unique roster, and I feel like they look awesome in new unis. I mean, you could have a color rush where, where like it could be like kind especially of like that all black yellow. man. All especially black that all They're black good. man. They look good in that all black. They look good mm-hmm. in all black, but they they should change it to like have red numbers and. Not I white. know. I think their base of the helmet should be of red, and then mm-hmm. their logo be, be uh yeah, like outlined or something. I don't know, mm-hmm. but that is a discussion for another day. Looking forward to it. They have until March fourteenth or something like that to announce you. Yeah, games. sounds about right. Um, but going into our next topic, Odell Beckham Jr. officially tore his ACL in the Super Bowl. I'm just kind of sad because I feel like he was, if he kept up that pace, he was going to be Super Bowl MVP, I feel. but Oh, yeah, I agree. Because that's who they were going to the entire first quarter was OBJ. Mm-hmm. He was breaking off 20 yards, 10 yards, 15. A touchdown. Mm-hmm. Moss was it Mike Hilton or something like that? Yeah, that was, that was a great play. He was, so he was setting like himself OBJ, up. 
Yeah, and it was that same ACL that he tore against in the Browns when he was on the Browns uh, last year. So that is See, that that also causes um controversy in the Rams organization. Who who do you keep? Robert Woods or Odell? Both are right? coming off ACL injuries. Literally, mm-hmm. same exact thing. Mm-hmm. You're not going to get rid of Van Jefferson. And everybody's injuries are different. Like, how long's OBJ going to be out with his ACL since it's right. the same leg? Or how well is Robert Woods going to recover from his mm-hmm. two months prior or a month prior? You never yeah. know. It's going to be interesting. But mm-hmm. on the other side of that game, Zach Taylor was is extended through the 2026 season, I believe. That's a pretty oh, good yeah. deal. I mean, that's what the, a lot of teams, you know, you catch fire with a, with a young head coach and then they sign him to a long-term deal. Same happened with Sean McVay, mm-hmm. Kyle Shanahan, and now Zach Taylor. So I feel like it's just another, yep, he's here, he's going to stay, he's going to lead this team. But how much of that goes to Joe Burrow's success, I don't know. We'll see. But I think mm-hmm. it's a good move. Zach Taylor, he's young, he's smart. I feel like he, he has good dynamic play calling. He has the weapons, and I feel like he could take this team into regular regular playoff appearances in the future. So not a bad not a bad uh, contract extension. I think it's a good one. Probably the best thing the Bengals can do in this offseason, aside from getting an alignment. <laughs> again in the coaching uh pool the vikings finalized their deal with kevin o'connell making him the next head coach after mike zimmer being fired after his long stay in minnesota we have a new head coach in the blister in north with kevin o'connell the former offensive coordinator i obviously every head coach is different i don't know how he'll do how he'll fare but NFC North is 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 interesting right now because there's a lot there's a lot of new head coaches in that division. Obviously, you have Matt Lafleur; he's only been there for two years, but now you have Kevin O'Connell. You have the fucking Colts guy on the Bears, mm-hmm. Matt Matt Matt. Um, Matt mm-hmm. He's got like Matt esophagus or something, some nice big <laughs> something long like man. that. Uh-huh. And then you got and then you got Big Dad Dan Campbell. Mm-hmm. Um, so that's that's an interesting coaching front, but. I don't know how, like, yes, I'm sure that he's a very sound mind. I'm sure he's a good leader of men, but how much he was calling that offense, if he was at all, he probably was just, probably was really integral in the schemes and designing plays with Sean McVay. But I feel like if you take anybody from Sean McVay's uh, office, that's a good signing. Obviously, you got Brandon Staley last year. Granted, that whole Week 18 drama with Tygate, which should have been real. I believe in, I don't believe in Santa, but I I believe in Tygate. but I feel like Brandon Staley was a good hiring this past year. You know, first first year head coach, leading Herbert with the playoffs, leading Herbert almost to the playoffs. I should say I can't even say that. Blech. But Kevin O'Connell, if you take someone from Sean McVay's unit, I feel like it's a good signing. So I like it. Yeah, I don't know. What do you think? I really like the signing too. Um, just because I feel, if you look at that Rams offense, I don't know how long he was there. I'm in, I'm just gonna speculate he's been there for two plus years. Mm-hmm. Um. I really like what he's done. He's been able to adapt. I know a guy like Jared Goff can really benefit, or he, an offensive coordinator can really benefit from a upgrade from Jared Goff, like Matthew Stafford. Mm-hmm. Night and day difference, really. Completely mm-hmm. different player. But exactly. just how he schemes, exactly. Now you, you have to see, that, I feel they're very similar player. You got a Kirk Cousins and a Jared Goff. They're very Kirk smart players. Yeah, but they, but they know where to go with the ball. Mm-hmm. They're they're really not turnover heavy guys. No, but they don't they don't have the big flashy arm to drive the ball yeah. down the field. So yeah. I feel, especially offensive weapon wise, you have Dalvin Cook, you even have Justin Jefferson. You got those Tyler Conklin, um, and you also have uh, Adam T. Yeah, Adam Thielen, of course. 
Um, but yeah, I think he can really put that group together and take them to the next level. So I, I like that hiring. Yeah, it's it's not bad. Obviously, I don't know. Mike Zimmer's it was was a coach for a long time, so we'll see how they'll fare, um, especially in that front office. But uh, yeah, I feel like change is is good in the NFL. So we'll, we're gonna see how it plays out. And lastly, for our in the now, we have <laughs> Aaron Rodgers being still on the fence with his pending trade uh, rumors. Aaron Rodgers was at an event this past week, and a fan shouted at him, "Come to Denver!" And he responded, "We'll see." So Aaron Rodgers is obviously still on the fence. He said that he would make a statement before free agency. I'm starting to disbelieve that. I truly am going to be. I feel like we're going to be wondering and wondering until the season starts. He might even we're, sit here. We don't. We're know. knocking on the door right now. Free agency. It's about to open up. So who knows what he's going to do. Aaron. Only Aaron Rodgers knows what he's going to do at this point. Maybe, maybe, he maybe, he doesn't. maybe he doesn't. Maybe he doesn't know, you know? I know. Because I've, I've seen Packers are all in to re- bring him back. There's also teams that are all in to uh, go mm-hmm. make a push for him mm-hmm. via trade. So who knows, yeah. man? Yeah. I'm excited and to see what I know. I, I want to see Aaron Rodgers out of Green Bay just for a little bit of variety. And I want him out of the conference. But... um. I saw another thing that I believe I sent you guys that the Colts were expressing minor interest in Jordan Love. I don't know. Uh-huh. I don't know how serious that is, but that's something to watch too. I again, who knows if that is serious or not? But ugh. oh fuck, we'll see. It's a reach. I feel he still needs a little more time to develop. We he haven't seen a... him play that much. Or I know we, we've seen him play in the preseason. For multiple years now, and we've seen him play against that Chiefs game. He also played he in the Lions game. Yeah, he didn't play terrible. Matt Lafleur, Matt Lafleur uh, dialed up plays, and he looked. Re- he he showed them. He showed flashes sometimes, but mm-hmm. yeah, you you still don't know. He had potential. I still thought mm-hmm. it was a weird. I still thought when they drafted Jordan Love, that was kind of a dicey draft because if you look at his, it was a risk. They weren't so like, risk. you look at if he wasn't like super talented in college either. Like if you look at his stats, it wasn't something to write home about. But uh I guess, you know, he has he has potential, so we'll see. Very, very big Trey Lance factor with this guy. So um mm-hmm. we'll see. But that is going to close out our in the now segment. Thank you for joining us, and we will be right back. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome back as we get into our next segment called Wearing the Suit, where we get three teams uh, chosen for us at random. Xander's obviously gone, so we're going to defer him into our next episode. I was, and I'm going to go first. Basically, we get three teams chosen for us at random. Xander's obviously deferred to next episode, where we get put into the general general manager's shoes of that specific team that was chosen for us our off-season plans for that team so they can progress further into the future. And I was dealt the hand of the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. And that is more one of the more rough teams to get a hold of in this off-season because of just their cap space alone. They only have $3 million. That's really, really rough. That's one of the lowest cap he got out there. And to address their biggest needs, it's going to be expensive. We have quarterback, you have O-line, you have wide receivers, and you have corners. 
All, all not in order, but still, those are the biggest needs regardless. So, first, we're going to start with free agency. We're going to name off these big free agents that I, General Manager Sam, um, are going to be taking a look at this offseason. So, we have Chris Godwin, top wide receiver on, on the Bucks. Um, You know, obviously ended this season on a really bad knee injury, but still a stud player regardless. Jason Pierre-Paul, Ryan Jensen in the center. Dominican Sue, Rob Gronkowski, and Leonard Fournette. Those are the big ones. But <clears throat> I can't afford to keep any of these guys with $3 million in cap space. I truly can't. So, unfortunately, I'm going to have to let Gronk go. I'm going to have to let Chris Godwin go, Pierre Paul, Leonard Fournette, and Dominican Sue. I only can afford really to keep Ryan Jensen, who is a pivotal player in that offensive line. He's a leader, okay? we It's essential that we keep Ryan Jensen on that O-line because Brady doesn't just pick and choose O-lines. I mean, he does, but he doesn't just, like, have any O-line. He, like, he picks the O-line that he wants to be behind, and he helps build it himself. So, I feel like Ryan Jensen is essential because he is going to be uh, playing a factor into our other biggest need, which is quarterback. Losing Tom Brady, I get it. He's the greatest of all time. He carried us to a Super Bowl. But I can't really go out and get a Jimmy Garoppolo. I can't go out and get the next, obviously, what people thought was the next Tom Brady. Obviously not now, in hindsight. But we can't get Jimmy Garoppolo. He's too expensive. Is he worth the expense that he's being... That is he worth how expensive he is? No, I don't think so. But if you want to... You, you got to trade for Jimmy Garoppolo. He's not a free agent. And he has like a $24 million a year deal. He's very expensive for not that much talent. However, if we're going to go into the free agent category, there aren't many free agent quarterbacks that really pose much value, except one. I've heard and I've seen speculation about the Bucks getting Deshaun Watson. Deshaun Watson is under contract with the, with the uh, Texans still. So I'm not ready to make a push for him either because he's also going to be very expensive. So... I'm going to go on the more cheaper deal with a quarterback who is still in his prime, I feel, who is mobile, who has a decent arm, who is a good leader, who has led playoff teams to the playoffs before, and that is Marcus Mariota, who is currently a free agent, played his last year with the Raiders, who I believe could have potentially had earned fought, at least fought for the starting spot, and I've been on record saying that Marcus Mariota should be a starter in this league and who better for the Tampa Bay Buccaneers? I feel he's cheap, he's reliable. We have Kyle Trask to learn behind him. So it's I like not, it. I don't think it's a bad move, truly, to sign Marcus Mariota. Give him a shot. I feel like he has the talent. And that's where I'm that's where I'm going to cross off the QB list. I am signing Marcus Mariota to just a one and done deal of one and a half million dollars. Okay, and we still have half of our cap space. But now to the draft. The draft for the Bucks is obviously very interesting. I'm not. I'm before getting into what they're gonna get into. I'm gonna go in what they're not gonna get into. They're not gonna draft a quarterback. That's obvious. Okay. Well, first of all, they're too late in the round to get really any of the top draft picks, except for maybe Malik Willis. But they're not going to draft a quarterback, and here's why: they drafted Kyle Trask last year. Okay, their quarterback room is already filled with some veterans and Blaine Gabbert. Regardless of how Blaine Gabbert played, doesn't matter. And in my Bucks, in my Buccaneers just picked up Marcus Mariota, so there's no need to draft a quarterback. But 
I feel like the Buccaneers, for me, we are going to target one of the more stacked position groups in this draft, and that's corner. There are a lot of good corners in this draft. And they're going to be taken early in this first round, So, and we do not have a high draft pick. We went deep in the playoffs, so we're, we're a decent team. Even we could, we could probably get to nine wins without Tom Brady. But I feel that this, this young man that I'm going to draft is going to be a sleeper, maybe even a potential first-round sleeper. And that's Kair Alam from the University of Florida. Cornerback, junior, has 53 solo tackles, 23 assists, 5 interceptions, and 20 passes defended in his three years. He has great ball skills. If you watch him dive for the ball, even when he gets lost on a step, he still tries to dive out and makes a play, and he makes the play. He's athletic. He's a pest. He's super physical in press coverage. He'll just be grabbing your jersey. He'll, he'll be in your face. So... And with a injury-ridden cornerback room with Murphy Button bunting in and out, Richard Sherman is a injury-prone old man who is on a one-year deal anyway, who I'm not going to resign, by the way. <laughs> I I feel like when it comes to we can't we can't really leave this this draft class in corners without taking one. So I feel like Kair Lam out of the University of Florida is going to be my pick at 27th overall. And with wide receivers, uh, I feel like the only other guy we got is Perriman and Mike Evans. So we're going to be having to draft uh, into the second and third rounds with edge and with wide receiver. But um, that is my short little segment here of In the Suit. I have just worn the suit and... It is hot in here. So, Caden, how about we turn it over to you? All right. Going off to what you just said, uh, I like the Buccaneers. I like the way you approach that. Um, I, really like, I really like how you let a lot of guys go. I think that's essential for the Buccaneers to there, get back. Well, there's no choice. Team. There's no choice. There's no I know. Choice. I, I Because re- you, you really have to. I think you let a guy like... Jason Pierre-Paul go, who's pretty old and has a heavy cap hit. You let him go. I'd ask Nadama Kinsu if he will take a pay cut, and if he does, try to re-sign right. him because he's defensive tackle he's number one on that team. Yeah, but if he doesn't, I I let I let him test the market. Um, mm-hmm. I let Leonard Fournette go just because he's gonna want a big contract because he's proven. Mm-hmm. Um. I also I'm gonna let Chris Godwin go because he's gonna also want a bag. And I don't think the Buccaneers can afford to pay him that bag. And like you said, they don't have a set quarterback at number one right now. How the, If I'm the Buccaneers, I'm looking at how well do we believe in Kyle Trask right now. I think if you do sign a guy like Marcus Mariota, he'll be a good mentor for and me, mentor for Kyle Trask. And they'll play off of each other. They'll have the they'll have a good quarterback room battle. So yeah, mm-hmm. I, I really like the direction you went with that. Especially in the draft too. Corner's good. Um... Now going to my team that I was um, dealt with, uh, I was dealt with the Washington Commanders. Um, and first and foremost, you got you have to address. Mm-hmm, you have to address address the cap space. You have thirty not or thirty two million dollars in cap space as it sits right now. And first and foremost, I'm getting rid of um, a lot of the guys that have just stuck stuck around 
still off deals like wide receiver Adam Humphreys, um, Ryan Fitzpatrick, Tim Settle, our defensive tackle. Um, I think you let J.D. McKissick go and a guy um, like Cornelius Lucas um, on offense. But if I'm the commanders, you got to really make a push at re-signing Brandon Sheriff. He's an essential part of that O-line. You need him. Um, you need to sign him on probably a 2-3 kind of hefty deal, but not too much. Um, and then you go out into uh, the defensive side of the ball. And you look at, I think, linebackers a heavy, heavy, um, uh, heavy, heavy spot in the way that they really need help in the middle. I feel they bring back linebacker John Bostic, who's been there for a while, knows the system with Ron Rivera. He's a good leader as well. Um, I think you also let some of the linebackers go in free agency. So filling that void, we're going to go dive into our first free agent uh, and we're going to try to really make a push at Dante Hightower. Like that. Uh, coming off of a year where he sat out of COVID, he played 730 snaps plus, had 70 tackles, three sacks, and six QB hits. And that's solid for someone who's 32 years old and not playing for a year because of COVID. I think you sign him... T- as a leader, as a player, as someone who can really set the bar for that Washington defense who was top tier a few seasons ago. Um, Going back to the offensive side of the ball, I think we try to make a push at another guard because we let some of them go, and I think you go after a guy named Lincoln Tomlinson, who's a solid guard and who's also not the most expensive player. You could sign him for... yeah. He has he has the um, or he has shown that he's capable of blocking. He's he was he had solid back to back years with the 49ers and protecting Jimmy Garoppolo and Trey Lance. Um, he's he it'll cost you about five million, but you sign him for a three year deal. That's fine. I, that's completely fine. You don't have mm-hmm. to overpay. Um, also staying on the offensive side of the ball, you you need weapons for that team, man. You really do. You you got to let like a guy Cam Sims walk. Uh I think you do bring back DeAndre Carter just because he has the special teams um ability to make plays. You pair him up with um Terry McLaurin. Good things are going to happen cuz they're they're quick. They got that fast twitch. Um but I think you go make a push for a guy like Chris Godwin and Juju Smith-Schuster. Who are also coming off injuries. Juju played in the playoffs, but he hasn't played that entire year since like week one when he mm-hmm. hurt his shoulder. Right. Um, and keep in mind those players are very young too. They're both twenty-five years of age. Um, Juju's gonna be the cheaper option. Um, mm-hmm. I think you could sign him to around an eight million dollar deal, maybe two, three years, not too long. Same with mm-hmm. Chris Godwin. You're gonna pay just because he has performed for the past three years, thousand yard seasons. And he's had ten plus touchdowns in each of those last three seasons. I think you're gonna end up paying him about sixteen million dollars, maybe maybe a three or four million dollar deal. But dude, you we just got we just got the O line beefed up. We just got the defense beef, beefed up, and mm-hmm. we just got the offensive weapons stacked. Because you also have Antonio Gibson, and you also mm-hmm. have Logan Thomas. So that mm-hmm. boom, there's two weapons right there. And then you also have those guys, and you can't forget about Terry McLaurin. So yep. that's three that's 
three big moves on the offensive side of the ball. The Commanders All are leading... probably the biggest dark horse to make a big push into the playoffs in twenty twenty. I agree, they really could because you got to look at the um, got to look at the Eagles, got to look at the Cowboys. A lot of the years they surprise each other because they split and it, it they always tie one and one. So it's like who's going to have the better record outside of the division? That's what it's come down to literally the past few seasons, and it comes down to the wire. Um, going into the draft, after we made all these free agent moves, we're like, boom, who are we going to now command the helm of the offense? And I think with the first pick, 11th overall in the draft, you draft a guy like Matt Corral, who has arguably the best arm in this year's draft. Wow. He's just, he, has, he has potential. He's a really young player. He's only 20 or 21 years old. He's shown he throws nukes. He could throw that ball six yards in the air. And if you have a guy like Terry McLaurin and um, Chris Godwin catching for you, dude, that's that scary. Would be so scary. I know. And you also have a big play target like Logan Thomas. It's, it's going to be really hard to stop. You think the Eagles or the Cowboys could defend that? No. Definitely not the no Eagles. No way. Yeah. Like um, and then... Like and then you also going into the second second round. Um, I think you uh, go defense, uh, and you pick a guy like uh, Jaquan Brisker from Penn State, who's okay. young. And that's also I'm going to put him at nickel, even though he plays safety. I'm going to put him at nickel in the Washington Commanders defense right now, just because you have a guy like Kyle Fuller and Landon Collins, who are mm-hmm. veterans and are studs, and you put a guy like. Jaquan, who's very young, has fantastic ball skills. He mm-hmm. has a really he has he has that sense of where the play is going to go. He's a very smart football player. I think you put yeah. him at your nickel corner from the safety position because he'll be a long and lengthy. You get hands on uh, the receivers, and you you just make plays and cause havoc. You get those guys like um, Jonathan Allen and. Um, yeah, Chase Young rushing the passer, and you're causing. Yeah, Montez Sweat. You you have those all those big guys, and you're just causing havoc in the in the secondary and in the front seven. Mm-hmm. So yeah, and um, piggybacking off of that second pick, I think you also go defense in the third round, and I think you get a guy like um, Leo Chanal from Wisconsin, who's also okay. a very fast playing linebacker. Um, I've watched him because. I'm a Michigan fan. He's he makes lots of tackles. He's had hundred yard tackle seasons for Wisconsin. He's a he's a he's a very smart player. He's questionable in pass coverage, but he's a very good um run stopper, which I think the commanders could really build upon because right now they I feel they have a really good run stopping defense. You just beef that up, you're it's gonna be really hard to beat a team when you have an offense with Matt Corral or with those offensive weapons if you can't put up points trying to run the ball on the defensive side it's gonna be very hard to put up against points on Mm -hmm. such a run heavy defense you can't win games just throwing the ball you need to establish a run game at some point in the season i think it all starts on the defensive side of the ball especially with ron rivera at the helm of uh washington right now i love that yeah that's uh that's my wearing the suit uh number one the commanders wow that was great all right, and that is going to be it for this week's segment of Wearing the Suit. And before we head out here, 
we are going to be spinning the wheel once more and getting our teams ready for our next episode of Speculation Season. Xander obviously deferred to the next episode, and he will have the Seahawks. So we will wait Xander's GM wearing the suit action for next episode. But for me and Caden right now, we are going to get our next two teams chosen at random. Sam, I have the wheel ready right now for the live uh, teams. Would you like this okay. first team that is fun or the second team? The second team. All right. So I'll go ahead and uh, spin the wheel. See what team I get. It has stopped. It is the Buffalo Bills. Oh, no. <laughs> not, not the greatest. Not the greatest, but here's your team. I spun okay. the wheel. Okay. The Minnesota Vikings. Ooh, Sam got the Minnesota Vikings. The Minnesota Vikings. Okay. I have right. the Bills. Xander's wheel will be spun once he gives his uh, spiel of him wearing the suit. Uh, Next episode, episode two. Mm -hmm. I love it. I love it. Okay, so we got some breakdowns and some draft prospects to look over for next episode of Speculation Season coming to you this next week. We appreciate you joining us, and we will see you on the next episode of Speculation Season. We'll see you next time. Goodbye. <laughs>